This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Strangers and Aliens, episode 238, Brainstorming the Perfect Bible Video Game. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. Strangers and aliens. I am your father's best friend, Palmer. versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did was that he created something, so we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Hello and welcome back to Strangers and Aliens, a podcast about science fiction, faith, fantasy, and imagination. And we are going to be using uh, those imaginations tonight. I am Evan David, one of your co-hosts, and with me is my other co-host, Steve McDonald. One of your other co-hosts. Hi, everybody. Yes, yes, one of my other co-hosts. There's two of them, but the other normal co-host, the founder of our feast, is not here today. Instead, returning as guest host, it's Lucas Timmerman. What's up, everyone? And we are going to continue with our video game streak here, uh, a streak of probably two episodes. <laughs> so, but uh, <laughs> it's ben, like a mini, mini, mini series. Yes. Ben is off uh, serving at camp right now, so uh, we're. It, it's it actually works out great that the E three season falls right in line with that, um, so that we can bring in Lucas and and talk about this stuff. And so we thought a fun uh, thing to do was the the title of this episode. It's brainstorming the perfect Bible video game, and we're just gonna have some fun, use our imaginations, and talk about what it would look like if we actually, as Christians. Uh, poured some money into making an awesome AAA blockbuster Bible game. And uh, before we do that, though, there are actually some Bible games in existence. Uh, and we're going to talk about any that we may have heard of or played. So, Lucas, I think you, we were talking before we started recording, you've got one. Oh, yeah. Um, Bible Adventures came out on the NES and the Sega Genesis. That's the one I was, was... going to talk about. Oh, I'm sorry. You, you, you may talk about no, it. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead and talk. This is great. Let's talk about it together because I only played it for the NES. What did you play it for? <laughs> uh, Sega Genesis. Um, uh, yeah, uh, it didn't get very far in it, though. Um, it, it was definitely a ripoff of uh, you know, Super Mario uh, uh, Zelda in, in ways. <laughs> um, Super Mario Zelda? Yeah, it, it was uh, the throwing baby Moses at people was was what I, that's, that's the big thing that I remember about that game. It's like the only thing I remember. You, you throwing there's, there's, baby Moses. You would throw baby. You would carry baby Moses over your head, and then you would <laughs> hurl him at at an enemy. <laughs> that's what I, that's like the only thing I remember about the game. 
Wow. So I, I remember that level. I don't remember the throwing the baby, but uh, I, I remember um, playing this with my friend Jack when we were little, and he had an NES, and his mom would come down and help us play through games sometimes because we couldn't do it. Uh, like he, she would help us beat the Jurassic Park game on the NES. Uh, but this, I remember, one in one, you have to be Noah and go collect all the animals. And <laughs> all of them? Well, a lot of them. And see, I'm looking at screenshots <laughs> like, right now. I'm looking at screenshots. 14 hours later, now get the kangaroos. <laughs> Noah, <laughs> he's carrying them all. Now like, get the koalas. He's, he's carrying them on his head, right? So he's got, I'm looking <laughs> at this course. screenshot here. He's got a cow, a horse, two horses. No. He's got three cows and two horses on his head, and he's carrying them to the ark. Very biblical. Yes. <laughs> so, and I'm seeing, I'm seeing here a uh, a TV ad, like one of those dial now one eight hundred thing, and it's the NES Bible Adventures game, money back guarantee forty four ninety five. Forty five dollars yep. for this thing. Plus two eighty five shipping and handling from the Wisdom Tree. Wow. Corporation. So, yep. This was a game, and uh, so have you played any others, Lucas or Steve? Oh, none that I recall. Well, there's the uh, the, the the Christian version of of uh, Pac Man. I think I think it's called Habakkuk Man. Really? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> Okay, I have one uh, other that I have played, and it is the Left Behind video game. Wow. Did you know this was a thing? I did not. It, it, is, is, is the goal of, you, of the game to have your character disappear at some point at the no, beginning? No, no. <laughs> it's a, it's a real-time strategy game. It's an RTS so like we were talking okay. about this on the E3 episode, and uh, you know you you control your factions, and you're kind of like looking overhead. And I bought this from the Christian bookstore because I really wanted to play it. And I remember it was just a bear to install this thing and get it to work. Um, and then once you did get it to work, you you have been left behind, but you've since become a Christian. After everybody else has been raptured, and so you go, your goal is to go around and like convert people to Christianity, and uh, and you know, and you're fighting the ants. Do that? Throw the baby Jesus at them? Nah, I don't know. I guess you go and talk <laughs> How else would you to do them. it. Is <laughs> that what the Bible prescribes? And, <laughs> and you fight the Antichrist forces, and like you can get angels and stuff. So it was kind of it was kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, those are the Bible video games that uh, that uh, we've played before. You guys want to jump into brainstorming a better one? <laughs> well, that wouldn't be hard I mean, to do. <laughs> uh, have we have we uh, exhausted the, the 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 extent? I mean, the breadth of of Christian video games. No, we definitely have not. I'm looking up here. There's. <laughs> There's more, uh, but I haven't played them, so I can't talk about them really. I mean, I'm seeing more Noah's art games. There's another one by the same people who did the Bible Adventures. It's called Spiritual Warfare, and it's Warfare. it's on uh, Nintendo. Uh, but and there's an Exodus game also. I'm not sure what you do in it. It looks like it's kind of like Mario. <laughs> Mario somehow Kart with chariots. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I think I'm going to have too much fun with this one. So, <laughs> so Lucas, let's just start with you. Oh, what what type of things would you like to see in a Christian or a Bible-based video game, like for modern systems? Well, you know, and this can also apply to movies too, but, I mean, there are some great, great stories in the Bible, like Esther, like Ruth, um, even the prodigal son the short story that that Jesus told. I mean, there's some of the greatest stories ever told in our human history are right there in the Bible. Mm -hmm. So there is no reason that any Christian game should not have a fantastic story. Right. Literally. I mean, that's one thing I just don't understand. I I see it in in some Christian movies. I see it uh, in uh, definitely in the video games um, where, and it's a stigma. It's kind of like, the reason why um, with my books, I, I'm writing, you know, I am a Christian and I'm writing fantasy, but I'm not pitching it to quote unquote Christian publishers who um, it's, it's in that reason is because I don't want my book put in the religious section, which is kind of stashed away and uh, treated as if it's going to be nothing but something very preachy. I'm going to beat someone over the head with the gospel and uh, I want, it wants something to be approachable with people. And uh, I want to be able to make them think. And I think, like, that's essentially what Jesus did with the parables. He made them think. You know, he reached out to people. He connected with people. And um, he made them think. You know, he connected with their society at that time. Uh, when In all of his parables, they were very um, they were very farming-like society. And uh, he was able to connect with them. And, and I think as Christians, we have this big, massive Bible and it's not just great scriptures in there. There's stories in there that we can relate to people with. Mm-hmm. Uh, stories of heartache, of pain, of, of people who were failures that became heroes. Yeah. I think mean, people love stories like that. Yeah. And, and we have this resource. So I think when we start a game that's going to be a Christian game, that's going to be based um, on a Bible, on the Bible, we just start with, hey, we, have, we, we can easily – because not only do our stories equal and surpass – many of the stories out there but the one big thing too is because it's god's word there's an impact there that other stories even something written by a guy like c.s lewis or tolkien they just can't compare to because it's god's right. word and it's mm-hmm. gonna, man it's not gonna return void and it's gonna be powerful that doesn't mean i take it and i beat someone over the head with it but i'm giving the story out i'm pulling people in and just giving the story out so that that's i think that's where we got to start we got to start with a great story because uh, throwing baby jesus at people and throwing baby moses at people <laughs> is not a great story no no so what type of game would it be or what would you hmm. like to see you know i would like to see a role-playing game where you start off and um you know maybe something very allegorical and you know, actually, there is something that is interesting. Um, there, it wasn't shown at, at E3. It, it's um, oh, it's it's made by the guys who made a game called Heavenly Sword. I believe it's called. It may be uh, something Blade. Um, anyway, the the game is is essentially in the mind of a woman, and I believe she's dying. Hmm. And so as as she's going through this, she's in her imagination in this world, and she's fighting these things. I think I don't know if it's cancer or not. I, I don't know. I apologize for not knowing about the game but i do know enough to say that's really an interesting concept someone dying and they're fighting through that pain they're fighting through that that trauma and whatnot um and i think that could be interesting if you could bring out like 
an allegory, like a Chronicles of Narnia, for instance, where you start as a character. And I think a good game, and this is where story, because I think the big thing in the movies or even in Christian books or even – it doesn't have to be Christian books. There's other books too that do this. You have to write without having an agenda. Mm-hmm. Um once you start having an agenda, you no longer have a story. You essentially have a sermon, whatever that sermon might be. Um, but you want to pull them in with a story to get people to think, to get people to – and I think in a role-playing game you can do that. Get people to think. Show both sides of perspective and let the person think about it. But show both sides fully and truly. I believe hey, I believe God's word will stand to anything you show it to because oh, God's yeah. word is truth. Yeah. And, and I think if you show it to anything else – you're going to see, hey, there's substance here in God's Word. And there's no substance in whatever else this thing is trying to stand up to God's Word. It's not going to stand up to it. And I'm not afraid of it. I'm not afraid of showing the other stuff, you know, because, like, hey, God's Word is going to trump it. And yeah. uh, I'm not saying we, we make a game that's, you know, vulgar or nasty. I'm not, not, not saying that at all. <laughs> but I'm saying, though, as we, we present viewpoints and you're seeing these kinds of things, I think a role-playing game plays really well, and, and especially if you're using the allegory, because you can then make a fantasy one or you can do sci-fi whatever setting you want, but you're bringing the stories of the Bible life, maybe you're bringing in modern day, or maybe like a sci-fi version of Esther, you know, on another planet, oh, aliens, cool. I don't know. It's kind of neat, different, right? Yeah. And and you're role-playing this, you know, and um, you, you're you you're in that area, you're, you're there in the king, and you got this guy who's scheming to kill your people, and he wants to kill all your people, um, because you wouldn't bow, or you could play Esther, you know, and you got to sit there, and you got to convince the king. You got to, you got to make that stand ultimately, as you're playing through the game, and uh, it, it comes down to a decision you make. Um, and I think you can make it really, um, you know, I think just like in uh, that movie, the game we're talking about before at the E3 podcast, uh, Detroit Become Human, where it was very tense, where they made it tense because of the choices you made, where you had this android. With uh, who was holding the the twelve year old or whatever to uh, with a gun to her head, you can make it just as tense where you're Esther on this alien world standing before the king and you don't know if you're going to get beheaded, but you know though if you don't make a stand, your people die. But if you decide not to make the stand, maybe you live. Are you going to make that stand? Are you going to risk your life? Um, are you going to be raised up for such a time as this, or are you going to back down? And and if you have decisions like that in a role playing experience, and you're giving heavy decisions and you're making a character that maybe and this is something i wish they would do in other games too what if you failed sometimes you know um if i play dragon age or elder scrolls i seem to always be successful no matter what mm-hmm. i think that's one thing that witcher 3 got right there's some other things that got wrong but it, it's some great things that got right one of the things that did get right were you would do everything you could to be the best hero you could and something still went wrong and you still failed <laughs> And I thought that's isn't that the human experience? You know, isn't that says right there? I mean, we're gonna fail. We do fail. All of us fail. None of us are perfect, and we can relate to a character that fails. Yeah. And um, you know, you can have that in the story. You can have a very, very powerful story that can show a person's need. I you know I was reading an article actually today. It was it was great. It was uh, written by the VeggieTale guys. Fantastic article. I showed it to uh, Susan, and he said the one thing that was a big mistake. With the show, with the VeggieTales show, was he had been teaching children principles and morals from the Bible without teaching children how to be Christians living in grace. Hmm. And wow, that, was, that was powerful. Like, wow, that's that's big. He, he felt bad about it. He said he was convicted about that. 
And I think that's what you got to show in the game. You got to show the difference between, you know, because um, I think so, so many people now are into, you know, I think they lost the concept of holiness. They think if you're trying to be holy, you must be legalistic and. Right. And, yeah. you know, you can show them what it's like to be holy and to love God and to live in grace, to have your sins forgiven. You can show what that is like without going into that legalistic, religious, you know, grind of things. Well, and I you, think that is something you do. All you got to do to see that in fiction is just go read Superman comic books. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not to that extent, but. <laughs> Can you tell I like Superman? Uh, no, you know, I think, I think that's, the, that, that's the thing about Batman that I think attracts so many people is because he's not Thor. He's not Spider-Man. Well, you know, I think it's also Spider-Man. It attracts people to Spider-Man. Uh, Spider-Man and Batman, I mean, Batman is just a man. And Spider-Man fails a lot. I think that's why they're two of the most popular characters out there is because they're relatable. You know, you can relate to Batman because you're a human and you've been through suffering. You've been through tragedy, tragedy like he has. Maybe not to the extent your parents were killed, but you know what it's like to hurt, what it's like to suffer, what it's like to to want to make up for the mistakes you made that you may have felt that you made, or like like Peter Parker, you know, you've been in high school and you know what it's like to to be kind of that outcast. A lot of people do, and and to be you know to want to impress that girl you like, and to fail, to mess up, you know. And I think that's why those two characters are so relatable to people, and why in some cases Superman and Thor aren't as relatable. You know, uh, they just seem yeah, to be like the perfect man, you know? Aliens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I think that's one of the, the geniuses of the, the first uh, Captain America movie. Mm. Because, you know, Captain America has that origin story, but also has, you know, 500, 600 issues of him as a superhero. So mm. people don't get that sense of him. So when they took it all the way back to him being the, you know, the the... 98 pound weakling and and trying to get over that and trying to still do the right thing that resonated with a lot of people um, yeah iron man is, is similar to batman because he's just this guy you know mm-hmm. and he's human you know he gets rid of his suits he's human just like us mm-hmm. so um you know it's 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 interesting when i was growing up the heroes that were popular were the really super powered ones, or the really interesting powered ones, or the ones that had these quirky powers, or whatever. Um, but when they started making the movies, the ones that were the most popular are Iron Man, Batman, uh, you know, uh, Spider Man. To to a lesser extent, he he has so many uh, human failings that it almost outweighs his superpowers. You know, and they play it up that way. So it, even though he is super powered, he is still a kid. He is still living with his his aunt. He is still you know doing all these things that make him so human. Um, and when those characters are are put up on the screen, I think people resonate much more with that. When when I was growing up, the Iron Man was not a popular comic book. Yeah. You know, it it was like bi monthly. It wasn't anything that you went out and got. Um, you know, regularly mm. or anything. Some people did, obviously. I mean, it, it mm. survived. Um, yeah. But when they started to really think about the films that they were going to do, 
you know, which, which one did they choose to, to use as the kickoff point for the entire Marvel mm. uh, cinematic universe? Iron Man. <laughs> you know, for, at, the, at, at the time, I thought it was mm. an odd choice. Mm. And mm. looking back, you know, they picked the right thing. You know, why did the Batman movies do so well and the Superman movies not do so well? You know, the Dark Knight ones. It's because Batman was human. You know, then Superman was an alien. Um, See, for me, so, you know, for me growing up, I mean, Superman is so relatable to me, at least the version that I was reading when I was growing up, which is the, the post-crisis one. Because he, I mean, you know, he had a life similar to the life I live, which is like, I've got both my parents at home and they love me and they're great right. and they did not die in an alley. And... um they, you know, I go to them for advice, and they steer me in the right direction and remind me about yep. the truth and what's right. And and I, I keep going back to them even after I leave home. And then you know, people are saying, "Oh, Superman, you know, he's so unrelatable because he's like he has godlike power." He's like, "Yeah, but still, his personal life, his struggles, it's the same thing that we all go through." And then even in his superhero career, I mean, he had that. If you're if you read that time in comic books, he had that whole thing where he had to go to another dimension. Where General Zod had gotten out and killed every single person on the planet Earth, and Superman was the only uh, person left to administer justice to him, and so as the only person left, he was the judge, jury, and executioner. He had to be, mm -hmm. and yep. he, he sentenced him to death and killed him. But uh, that's the thing when when they humanize Superman, yeah. that's when people connect with him absolutely yeah and and that's the way i think it always should be it always should be that way in my opinion mm -hmm. um yeah and you know that's why i didn't and going back to that superman kills zod and he you know he struggles with that choice you know even though it was like he was the only guy there to do that he still struggled with that mm -hmm. and it caused him a lot of grief and uh but yeah you're right i mean that's why growing up i didn't really connect with christopher reeve superman yes he's a great portrayal of the character but he really is like a he's barely a humanized version of it i mean his whole clark kent thing is an act and other than that he's he's a very alien version of the character i thought anyway <laughs> we're talking about brainstorming bible video games but all great well, i thought you were gonna say uh he relates to you because you're from krypton too i was like yes that's awesome yeah exactly uh um <laughs> Steve, what what do you think? What do you think would make a good Bible video game or a good Christian video game? Well, my idea, or the one that, that I think has uh, the best potential, um, would be something more like an like a role playing game, but sort of with like a learning element to it. So it wouldn't be you know just entertainment. There would be it would it would be like a historical learning. Thing, sort of like a civilizations, uh, you know, that type of a game. But what you would do is you would have different eras that you could go back to. And you would have a character who would have, you could have it randomly generated or, you know, you have this amount of uh, energy to put into your different, you know, st strength and, and, you know, uh, dexterity and things like that. Um, and it would have a spiritual element to it. So your character is put into, let's say, ancient Egypt, and to win, your character needs to come to an understanding that 
Yahweh is God. And whatever is happening in the in, in the game is showing you what the culture is at the time, showing you what the you know religion is like at the time, showing you all the different things that would be important to any person living in that time, but also telling you that's just earth, that's just you know, human beings doing human stuff. That is not reality. The reality is that one little spiritual element, and that's the thing you have to work on. So your character, you know, is a, a, a worker, you know, okay, well, you have to put some stuff into strength or else you're going to be beaten and then you're eventually going to be killed or, you know, given terrible jobs and that's not going to help your entire thing anyway. So it would be like a balancing of, how do you get to the point of realizing the truth about God? And, you know, along the way, there might be, you know, prophets interceding and things like that. Um, but it, it would really depend on your choices, on what you do, on on what is around you, You're the atmosphere around you, the, the, the culture, all that stuff. And showing people how incredible, incredibly difficult it would be in almost any of these type times and places and you could have a hundred different times and places i mean just think about any you know in in history you could have you know the, right before the reformation right after the reformation you could have um you know the dark ages you could have all these different times and places and it would be so diverse that you could be almost anywhere at almost any time in the history of the world and it would show you how difficult it is to become a Christian in, in these cultures hmm. and for, especially for for people who are in America who you know have grown up in in Christian families and you know we have watched Veggie Tales and we've you know read Left Behind and stuff like that it's so easy for us to think about Christianity as something we just sort of assume when we get old enough to make that decision oh yeah well my my parents are christian so i guess i'm a christian but that's not how it is you know and it would it would have, have ways that it would walk the character through points where it would say you know this is sort of what needs to happen here this is you know this is what your character is should be going for right now and and gently guiding the character through what would be a gospel message and you can have uh, various uh, ways of doing that. Like, for instance, when I talk to, you know, uh, kids, Sunday school or whatever, about, like, repentance, for instance, um, I very much try to couch it in a story. I say to, my, I say to them, you know, you, okay, say your, your parents said that you're going to go to Disney World. And you said, all right, yeah, okay, get in the car. Everyone gets in the car. And you start driving. And, you know, you start to see, you know, it starts to get a little cold and you start to see some pine trees, a lot of pine trees. Where are those pine trees coming from? And then there's some snow and then you see the Canada border <laughs> and you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What, what's, this isn't the way to get to get to Disneyland. This isn't the way to get there. And what has to happen for you to get to Disneyland? Your parents have to stop the car. They have to realize that they're going the wrong way. It would be nice if they apologize to you because you're the one they're trying to 
to you know to give this to to please and uh, then they need to turn the car around they need to start going towards disney world and what's the other thing they need to do and and, and a lot of times the kids don't realize that there's la one last thing i say you need to keep going until you get there and i say that's exactly what it's like with sin pretty cool and when we realize that that you know there's something wrong here we have to stop sinning we have to realize that we're that sinning is wrong that, that whatever we're doing is against god we have to apologize to god we turn ourselves around with the help of the holy spirit in fact you know the holy spirit is is all over the place here um start going away from that sin towards our eternal destination and most importantly we don't stop until we get there per perseverance of the saints and when i tell the kids that it, it clicks in when i grew up i didn't realize what repentance was to me it was the big word that's part of the gospel you know and it didn't really click in until i was in my 30s so i mean I wasn't getting it until I was in my 30s. And I grew up in churches. I mean, all over the place. I mean, it was just like my mom played the piano for the church that I, I grew up in until, you know, the week that she, she got a heart attack and went to the hospital and eventually died. It was like that was that was our life. That was how we did things. And everything was couched in the church. I played church softball. I, I mean, everything was, it was church, church, church. But I wasn't getting crucial elements of the actual gospel because i was so close to it everyone just assumed that i knew and you know we didn't really talk about it you know it was like oh yeah i'm a christian let's change the conversation what's on tv you know mm. and it was just that type of thing where if there was a game that i was making i would make sure that it would be fun it would be informative. It would have a lot of, you know, interesting stuff to, to do and to see. And I love history. I, you know, I believe that God has a providential plan for history, which would be awesome to examine as well. And also, I understand that how difficult it is to be so close to something. And the player would be close to it. It would be like, how do I get this character to an understanding of the true God and you're like wow okay I can't I guess I can't do it right now because the character doesn't have the you know mental acuity or intelligence or whatever you want to you know all these different things you can call it and you'd, you'd be like okay well what do I need to do to get to that point and all of a sudden you're you need to make choices for this character that would also not betray the character to the other characters around it to the culture around it because you know if they if they catch you doing these things all of a sudden hey how come you're talking to the israelites it's like well the israelites have the information about the true god i mean uh that i was bartering for sheep oh wait a minute that's a lie i'm not supposed to lie you know and and hmm. and you know all these different things would would come up and you know through that historical sweep um you know i think it would be it would be the, one of the one of the, the things that I would do it, it would be interesting to do one with science as well, and just to to strip away the you know, the veneer that that uh, modern secular science has has given it, and show what it was supposed to be. You know, our understanding of the glory of God, and and digging into all that too. Cool. Um, 
but you know the history one i guess is is the one that that popped out to more fleshed out than the science one but you know things like that i mean i i I homeschool my daughter so a lot of times i'm always thinking about how to (laughs) how to sneak in a couple extra hours of homeschool in these things that's cool but uh, um my ideas are kind of like both of your ideas so yeah well before i get into those do you guys know and i don't think you do I have actually created a Bible video game. Cool. Um, it is a Super Nintendo style uh, RPG, like Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's uh, it is called Jesus the Video Game. Okay. And <laughs> I made this thing when I was in high school. And I was, uh, I got the software to do it, and the first thing I wanted to do was like, oh, I want to make, I want to make a Bible Jesus video game. So I, <laughs> so I made the thing. I still have it. I don't know if I want to let you guys play it. <laughs> let us play uh, it. Maybe we'll see. But let I, us play. I could put a link on, on the Facebook page or something. But it is. I made some mistakes. Let's say. Because you actually play as Jesus um, in this game, and you level up as Jesus, and you can lose. Uh, so I don't know about that. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I didn't think some things through. <laughs> but so uh, what you're saying is it's in beta. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I haven't touched it in years, but. Uh, but yeah, you All go right. through and you you go and you like you can do the um, you can do the turning the water into wine, calming the sea, walking on the water, uh, the woman at the well. Uh, let's see that you uh, fight the devil in the desert with words, um, <laughs> and uh, then you go to the cross. Uh, and I've got it, I've got it in the game where it's uh, uh, yeah it's. I need to redo it because it may be slightly heretical. Uh, <laughs> slightly, I mean, when um, I was in high school, this is what I this is what I was picturing: Jesus, you die on the cross, and then he goes down and like defeats Satan. You go down and you fight him in like a boss battle, uh, and then rise again from from the dead. So, yep, stuff like that happens. Uh, yeah. So maybe after a redo, you could uh, well, so, revisit that. So anyway, yes, it's. <laughs> It is something to behold. That is, that's that's awesome that you gave it a try, though. Yeah. I, well, so here's what. So I was thinking, like, what would I do? What would I do to redo that thing and do it right? Um, and what I would do is I'd go the Ben Hur route, or or the robe route, and I would make it like like I was talking about in the E3 episode we just did. I love the Assassin's Creed stuff where it immerses you in this historically accurate, beautifully visualized, right, uh, free-roaming version of Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would love to do something like that where you're like a Roman guard or a, or a zealot and you're going through this awesome pre-crafted story. Um, and I think it'd be neat, like, and maybe you don't don't want to go this one out, but I thought it would be neat if you could play through your whole story arc and never go into contact with the Bible things that are happening around you. But if you if you take some time to look, it's all there. So, like, 
the whole game might take place during Passion Week, and you might never go and see uh, all the stuff that's happening, but it's there happening right for you to go check out and so that that could be one way to do it or there you could do a, the ben-hur route where it's you the story takes you into that into those places where you interact with and see jesus and the disciples or whatever and doing so changes your life that'd probably be a better way to go um because that would have and you could do that with any time period not just jesus but um my i think my goal would be twofold one would be to show uh, the world that hey it doesn't matter what you believe these stories are stinking awesome and <laughs> and like they can they can be great cinematic hollywood level entertainment so you should invest time and money into them some more and then my second fold would be just to say hey christians guess what video games don't have to be evil and check this out this is going to be like probably as close as you can be to traveling back in time in checking this out and seeing what right. it would have been like um, even more so than watching a movie because you get to decide where you go and what you see and things like that so that's if I was doing it that's what I would do I, I would and if I was redoing my Jesus the video game game it would no longer <laughs> be called Jesus the video game but it could be called something else but it would it would follow along that sort of thinking um, cool. yeah so I I, I mean I would love if, you know, a lot a lot of Christian ministries are pouring in like millions of dollars to produce these Christian films, which is great. But I'd love it, you know, I'd love for some video games to get some love from that, you know? Yeah. I'd love it if if instead of investing your twenty million dollars into a movie, uh try an Xbox game. Yeah. You know, definitely. I, I think that'd be awesome. So if you're listening and you have twenty million dollars or you know how to get $20 million, send us some feedback. <laughs> We'd love to, talk, <laughs> love to talk with you about what we can do with that. <laughs> exactly. We have ideas. Yes. Um, so, yeah, this is just a fun brainstorming exercise. And speaking of feedback, we would love it if any of you who are listening have your own awesome ideas for Bible video games that you'd love to share. We'd love to read them on the air. So send them in. Uh, or if you think our ideas uh, we're not great. <laughs> Share that with us. And where did we go wrong? What could we improve? Um, and once again, if you have you know extra finances that you'd like to you know throw at making something like this happen, <laughs> once again, love to hear from you. Love yeah. to hear from you. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you, especially if you have like a million dollars that you would like to give us. We would love to hear from you. Well, you don't have to give it to us, but let's let's work together. We promise to be good stewards of that money. <laughs> All of it. <laughs> you know what? Actually, I and I, I'm going to go ahead and say this. I have I have uh, created character game sprites for a Strangers and Aliens fighting game, like a Street Fighter, cool sort of fighting game. Yeah. So far, I've got the characters of Ben and Steve nearly finished. Um, so if anybody knows out there knows how to code. Um, let's do this. <laughs> yeah. My my special finishing move is rhetoric. <laughs> I have the graphics ready. We just need to put them to use. Okay. Well, this was fun. Um, any last words, guys? 
Um, um, I mean, like last words for the podcast. Not yeah. like I'm going to kill you. So Re- repent, <laughs> repent, and put your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. That would be the point of my whole game. Awesome. Um, yeah, I think just uh, uh, for my game, just impacting people, leaving them with uh, something to think about, to chew on. I, I want them to actually to, to leave the game, not being able to sleep at night until they come to conclusion over some of the issues the game raised things like redemption repentance forgiveness um what a society would look like with christianity and without christianity and to really see the difference between grace and and law and i think that would be awesome exactly yeah awesome and i guess one of my main goals would be to show jesus you know because so many people have their predetermined idea of who jesus is and what he stands for and and all that stuff and, you know, they'd never watch a, a Bible movie or whatever, but they would play a video game. That was really cool. So I'd love to show right. people Jesus, uh, how he is, how the Bible says he is. Um, like, even you know, even even Christians might have the wrong idea. Just, exactly. Just the, yeah. of, their, uh, of their upbringing or whatever. Um, right. So I'd love, to, I'd love to do that, and I'd love to show people. Uh, and I lo- like, I'd even love to show Christians, you know, the the historical uh, awesomeness and, and imagination that God uses in 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 the Bible. Like one time, I was staying with a lady in, uh, for a host home because we were traveling around, and and we were watching that Bible series on uh, on History Channel that was coming out. And she was like, "I don't like it." I'm like, "Why don't you like it?" And she's like, "They just all look so dirty." <laughs> I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, you know, they probably right. were. <laughs> yeah. So you know, because you know, some people, uh, you just they just go base, you know, base it off of what they saw in their uh, children's storybook Bible and and go from there. So you yeah. know, even just is showing the Bible in new lights to to even believers that uh, have that believe it with their whole hearts, just a new way to see it, a new perspective. So, right. So anyway. Uh, cool stuff those are our last words so once again guys thank you so much for listening I hope you enjoyed this topic of conversation I, I think we all did uh, it's just fun to use our imagination sometimes and uh, yeah may the Lord quickly move you on the path to righteousness that he has for you quickly <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast, hosted by Ben Avery, Steve MacDonald, and Dr. Jace O'Neill. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. Please join in the conversation by visiting our website, strangersandaliens.com, where you will find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com, or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangers. Or you can leave us a voicemail on the Strangers and Aliens hotline. Just call 1-804-37-ALIEN and leave your message. And once again, thanks for listening.
All you got to do to see that in fiction is just go read Superman comic books. I mean, 